to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. Co-host is Justin Baker on this trade deadline day. Uh, we come together to analyze all the trades. What else? Uh, what everyone else is doing except for the thing is, is that we predicted everything that happened today. <laughs> everything. So now you're just coming back to you know, hear why we thought what happened happened. Uh, we, we didn't predict it. But, you know, the thing that we did predict was the Columbus Blue Jackets giving up every draft pick until 2029. They only have a third and a seventh in this year. It's amazing. Don't even go out to Vancouver for the draft. Just stay home. I, yeah, that would save them a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's, it's reminiscent of some of the teams in like the late 90s, early 2000s, like the Rangers and the Leafs, these teams that just had all the money. And so at every deadline, they would just trade away all their picks for a bunch of players just because you know they knew they could grab some guys and bring them in. And of course, it ended up biting them in the butt later on because then they couldn't do that. They kept doing that despite the salary cap, and, and away we went. Well, the last time we talked, uh, the last trade that was in the books was the Capitals acquiring Nick Jensen from the Red Wings. Of course, he has signed a four-year extension. Good for Nick Jensen. Four-year, $10 million deal. Uh, and you know a name that we talked about as we tried to figure out what would happen on this deadline day? We figured that maybe Ben Lovejoy was on the move, and he did move. And that's where we're going to start with uh, with that trade. And then we're just going to go through the timeline, break it all down. Of course, something you know, some teams made multiple moves, and, and that'll play a part in our analysis. We're not just going to talk about one move by the Blue Jackets. We'll, we'll clump them all in to... Uh, to include that but let's start with this ben lovejoy to the dallas stars for connor carrick former maple leaf just went there via was it via waivers did he go there via waivers in the i think so earlier i think he did yeah and a, and a third round pick so ben lovejoy just just for some context ben love lovejoy got more assets than Derek broussard did today Connor Carrick in a third-round pick. What are your thoughts here? What does this do for the Dallas Stars? Uh, a good bottom-pairing guy that they, they could really use, especially because they're they're very top-heavy on defense, and they've got you know an older guy, Roman Polak, back there that maybe could use a night or two off. So maybe he be could great. use the rest of, the, right, maybe. Uh, yeah, rest of his career. <laughs> like, it should just kind of end today, and that's it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, all right. Yeah, Polak, you can see you can find use for him in the playoffs. Uh, but to get the Stars into the playoffs... A guy like Ben Lovejoy will certainly certainly help take minutes away. And and maybe he can maybe he'll probably play in their penalty kill. He's a decent penalty killer, but maybe he can shove up into that top four if you needed to adjust some of the some of the pairings. And barring an injury, hey, Ben Lovejoy, he did win a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Isn't that right? He won he won with Pittsburgh and then he left via free agency to the Devils. So that was the the second of three Sidney Crosby Stanley Cups, right? That was the crazy run. Uh, uh, let's go. So Columbus Blue Jackets obviously did a lot uh, on this deadline day. The first, the thing they did right before on Saturday, they acquired Ryan Dezingle on a seventh-round pick for Anthony Duclair, a 2022nd-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick to the Senators. So say goodbye to all your – like the Blue Jackets hate the second round. Hate it. They're good on the second round. Uh <laughs> So well, they they get Ryan Dezingle, they get Matt Duchesne. Uh, on top of that, they also acquire Keith Kin- Keith Kincaid, which I will give you credit. You know, I you said on our show, I'm gonna go find it and I'm gonna play I'm gonna the go clip. I'm very confident that you said Keith Kincaid 
could go for a fifth round pick. I did. I'm yeah. I, I'm impressed. And Thank that you. is what he went for. A fifth round pick. And a fifth round pick <laughs> four years from now. <laughs> three years or three I guess it would be three, four drafts from now. Not not four years, but four drafts. Twenty twenty two fifth round pick. So obviously Keith Kincaid going for for uh, hardly anything but and then they also acquire Adam McQuaid for Julius Bergman, who they actually got in that trade for Duchesne. So they, they ship him out. And then a, also a, a fourth-round pick in 2019 and a seventh-round pick in 2019. So with all those moves, McQuaid, Kincaid, all right, so they kind of solved their backup position, uh, and then which, which they dealt essentially their backup when they, when they dealt Brandon Saad, sort of a part of that deal, uh, for Panarin. You've got Duchesne. You've got Dezingle, McQuaid. My question is, what does this actually do to this team in terms of them winning a round? Honestly, so, okay, let's look at the standings right now. I think right now they are sitting in the number three spot in the They're Metro. hanging on. Carolina's on. right behind them. I think they could honestly make a good push right now. Um, you look, Like we talked about, looking at the teams right behind them, Carolina, um, you know, what other teams in the Metro there? Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, right. Both of them are um, one point behind Columbus. Columbus does have a game in hand. Um, and actually, they play Pittsburgh tomorrow, okay. Tuesday. So well, that's a big game. It is. Whoever it, wins that game will be in the third spot in the division. Huge. Um, we'll talk about Pittsburgh's moves a little bit later because I have a bone to pick with Jim Rutherford. But... Um, what are you talking about? He just acquired the best defensive <laughs> pairing ever. I can't even. Columbus, okay. Columbus goes out and they basically say, we're all in for the season, right? All they, in. All in because you're keeping Panarin, you're keeping Bobrovsky, you're not dealing those guys. You go out, get Duchesne, Dezingle, McQuaid, Adam McQuaid, who honestly, the defensive market was not very good. There weren't a lot of good defensive guys to go out and get him. McQuaid was probably the best, if not one of the the you know top, top defenders available. I like that move because one, it's it's a great depth move. He's a guy that has a lot of size, can really, you know, handle a physical game. Um, not to say that they're going to get pushed around, but you know, I think when you play a team like you know Washington, that maybe does play a little bit more physical. Um, he'll be a great asset to have. And plus, right now, Ryan Murray, little hurt, little banged up. You don't know when he's going to be coming back. So I think that kind of fills that need for them to have a solid top six right now. Um, but as far as Dezingle goes, first off, got to give a shout-out to Matt Duchesne. Picks him up in a private jet going back to get his family. It's like, hey, Dezingle, you want a lift? Let's let's take this private I jet I chartered. That. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. So uh, you can look that video up, too. It's, it's amazing. Um, but now you have basically the best, in my opinion, probably the best third line in all of hockey right now. They got Ryan Dezingle on the wing with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Oliver Bjorkstrand on the other wing. And it's pretty dangerous. I, I was kind of shocked that they moved Pierre-Luc Dubois all the way down from first center to third. I figured maybe yeah, he'd be a well, second-line guy. Well, but. they're also you got to think that they're just – is that really the line that's going to get the third most ice time? Sure. I don't know. Uh, but either R- way. Ryan Dezingle, I mean, great penalty killer. Uh, I think I think that they'll enjoy Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. Um, They're already talking extension with him already. Yeah, which makes sense because they, you know, they only have thirty million dollars in cap space next year. Yeah, with Panarin's coming off the book and Panarin, Duchesne, Dezingle, McQuaid, Kincaid, and Bobrovsky all coming off the books, along with Ryan Murray, Scott Harrington. Oh, just a guy named Zach Warensky. (laughs) 
And, you know, there's there's other some of those guys are obviously Wierenski's an RFA, not a UFA. But you've got to think Wierenski's getting at least six and a half, seven million dollars. Yeah. So they are they do have a lot of space. But, uh, you know, can they? I do think if Bobrovsky gets his act together in the playoffs, they legit in the Metro could probably go to the conference finals. I mean, this team, this TS, this team went all in to win a round. And I think they can win more I, than one I round. I truly think that the, you know, I don't know what that conversation looks like. Because at this point, you know, when it comes to a Panarin and you're bringing a guy like Duchesne, you're sitting down with your owner and you're going, what, like, what do you want us to do? And that owner says, yeah, like, let's, we have never won a freaking playoff <laughs> round. We're the only team left. I mean, Minnesota came in at the same exact time and they won a playoff round. Oh, uh, what year did they win? They went to the conference finals. They played the Anaheim Ducks. I think 02 or 3. To the play- yeah, it was. Uh, it would have been 03. Okay. Right, because the Ducks, that was the year that Jaguar yeah, took the Ducks conference to the finals. finals. And, the, yep. and the Devils won the Stanley Cup over them in seven games. But, yeah, the, the Wild were in the conference finals. So it took them, what, five years to get in the conference finals? And it has taken the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's almost been, it, it, it's 20 years. Two decades, year. yeah. It's 20 years. So... 20 years, maybe the 20th 20th try will uh, will work out. I mean, hopefully they make the playoffs. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I think I think this this should put them over the hump in terms of making the playoffs, which is is rough news for a Pittsburgh Penguins team that's really struggling right now. Uh and for even I mean for Carolina who probably hopes hoped that they could maybe push their way up into there They're so on they, fire. So they don't have to play the the Islanders or the uh the Tampa Bay Lightning. That would be ideal. But, yeah, this team, I think they just secured their playoff spot. If they don't win a round, this is an absolute utter failure. The GM's gone at this point if they don't win a round. You think so, though? Because they, they I mean. Maybe this, he gets one more season. But. He, he kind of, I see, I don't think he had, I think this is like, hey, what do you want to do? Should we, like, should we go all in, try to get these guys? Are you okay with giving up some future for this? And the owner goes, yeah, then it's not the GM's fault. Well, I don't think the owner specifically targets people. I think owners, you go to the owner, you say, hey, do you want to dish the picks and go all in and get some really good assets? Sure, sure. But, I I mean, who else would you have? There was, there was no way that they had what it took. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're gonna, we're gonna talk other (laughs) trades, but, uh, the, I don't think they would have had what it took to get Mark Stone. Okay, well, because of what Mark Stone at fetched, the time, sure. Because what what he ended up getting, I don't think Columbus could have offered. Okay, so okay, let's let's continue on. We'll we'll roll through these. Uh, let's go back to Dallas. Yes, back to the Dallas Stars. Who get Matt Zuccarello, who uh, who recently passed away after the blocking a shot. <laughs> he no, that's the, I'm scores joking. a goal, he then die. he's. Gone the yeah, scores a goal, and that was you know I, he actually scored a goal, and I, I wasn't watching the game, but I get a little notification that it's like Zuccarello scores in his first game. Next notification: Zuccarello dies <laughs> after scoring goal, explodes into a million pieces, blocking a shot. Uh, just you know, taking that New York Rangers softness, and oh. so Zuccarello traded for a conditional second round pick and a conditional third round pick those conditions based off whether he resigns and whether they win rounds and they go to the i think the stanley cup finals, stanley cup finals yeah. yeah which they could turn into two first basically. they're not going to but no. you know matt zuccarello uh two second so basically uh, we'll just say right now it's a second and a third round pick 
which is, I think, is a great deal for the Stars, especially considering the Stars needed, they needed this trade. I mean, if there was a team that needed a center, it was Columbus. Next, it was Dallas for these playoff teams. They, they needed to make a move here. Well, Zuccarello's not a center, but they needed an infusion. He's a, he's a winger, but they needed an infusion of scoring. Why am I that he can play center? I don't know. Maybe you're thinking of Kevin Hayes. Can he play center? I mean, I'm, I'm I, call, I I'll, guess I'll he could. I'm going to ask him. But. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, Zuccarello. Did you just watch Henrik Lundqvist's video? Uh, them. I swear he used to play center. <laughs> yeah, they, they they show this video of, uh, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the network that does all of the, the Rangers sports stuff. But anyways, they were interviewing Lundqvist. And they're like, how do you feel? You know, Zook's gone or whatever. And he just, he was in tears and he couldn't talk. He's like, I, I can't talk. Just in it. I was like getting choked. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy. I can't even. The king. Let yourself be traded, brother. It's yeah, time to say goodbye. He said no. It's, apparently. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Man, I can't remember what team it was was in on him, but apparently there were a couple teams to kick on the tires and he just flat out said, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Stupid. Uh, I mean, whatever. Stupid. Yes. I get it. You want to be a lifelonger, but. But they, yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you could say, hey, they, they've just stacked up, but who cares? In two years, you really think that he's going to be the guy who's going to be able to take you. They're not going to have enough talent in two years to no, and and you're not going to be good enough in two years. You're barely good enough now. Well, either way, still, but it's sad. It's sad because I think that he really could. I don't think his his legacy would still be with the Rangers. You know, everyone would remember him with the Rangers, but he could go somewhere and win. He could. Yeah. If maybe maybe that last year they'll let's dish say, him somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, the last year is, is a little different. I think if he were a UFA right now, maybe he'd go. But he's got so much term left. That that's possible. That and, you know, Rangers don't exactly have anybody to take over for him yet either. Uh, back to Zuccarello, the injury. Four weeks, they say he could be out. So. Yeah, he'll be okay. Uh, we'll raise him from the dead. Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to skip these useless ones. Like, oh, I just do want to talk about uh, the Leafs getting Nicholas Baptiste for future considerations. Future. I, I, I was, you know, you see this from time to time, future considerations. And I went on a, a little research, like I'm going to go and try to figure out what this actually means and what it, you know, how do we determine what that, what that means? There's nothing like there's just forums of people speculating. I can't find any actual information other than the fact that it can mean money. Okay. Is that usually it means some amount of money is being given, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes I truly what future considerations means is, hey, we don't really have a use for this guy. You want him? Okay. Yeah, we'll consider something in the future. We'll, yeah, like, we'll hook you up on a trade. Yeah, we'll like, okay. you know, maybe we'll throw in an extra seventh later on. And that, that's that's really what it is. It's a one for zero trade. It's an IOU. Yeah. yeah. But, but that may never get repaid. Or it might be uh, like, hey, we're gonna, we'll throw in 300 grand with this next deal. Mm. It's weird. Uh, so the San Jose Sharks... One of the first moves of the day, acquire Gus Nyquist from your Detroit Red Wings for a 2019 second-round pick and a 2020 third-round pick that is conditional on him re-signing. Re-signing. 
No, actually, I think it's, no, it's, uh, it's the how far they go. Yeah, winning the Stanley Cup, I think it is. Okay, so. it becomes another second if they win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Yeah, and speaking of which, I I did a little reading. I was, it's funny when you see all these like twenty twenty two draft picks pop up, right? You're like, how far can they go? I I saw on Twitter somebody actually researched it, and there's no language that says you can only go so far. You can go as far as you want into the hey, future. I'll tell you what, I'll give you my twenty seventy nine first round pick deal. <laughs> I won't be GM. Yeah, San Jose. So, I will be dead. <laughs> great move for San Jose. I like this. Um, apparently, Gus Nyquist told Kenny Holland only one team he wouldn't go to, although he did ask if he could go to San Jose. That was his favorite choice because he is best buddies, I guess, with Eric Carlson, those Swedes. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I love the fit for San Jose. I think that it gives San Jose uh, a lot of options. And Nyquist, to me, is a guy who has played in such a good I mean he's played for Babcock and and so he's he's played in some good system teams and he's also played with really good players. He knows what it's like to play with Hall of Fame players. So to me he he'll slide right in and I, I well I don't he hasn't really had a good season this year. Was oh, I disagree. Fourteen goals or something like that? Yeah, but he's still putting up points. I mean yeah, but on a garbage team too. Sure, now, a lot of his points are kind of those. You know, he's he he's scored when it hasn't really mattered very much. And, well, okay, I mean, but so I, I'm just I think that he may have a resurgence. Where you know the last time the Red Wings were real good, let's say not real good, but they were a playoff team is what 2015, 16, even further back than that, maybe 13, 14. But when's the last time the Wings made the playoffs? Uh, 2015, I think. 15. Okay. Yeah, that's why I said. Somebody fact check that. 2015. I mean, and and he was a good player for them when when he was in a position to to win, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that he should be a good fit for the Sharks and fit fit nicely in their top nine. They really yeah. can move him all over. Play the on place. that third line with Joe Thornton. That'd be a great combo. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. It doesn't matter. Yep. The only thing I don't like and about he plays, him can he play some a little center too. He can if you Has need him to. Center? I think yeah. in fantasy he's a he's he, one of those triplets. He is. He is. Although I, I will say the only knock on Gus is the fact that he never really likes to go up the middle, right, to try to score. He's, he's not that hard-nosed player to go up the middle. So you're going to get a lot of perimeter stuff from him. But, again, he's still a, he's, he's a great top nine end for anybody, and a second, third-round pick is still a, a good deal for that. All right. Uh, you're Keith Kincaid. How do you, how do you <laughs> feel about him going to the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, this, man, this, is, this is interesting because I think they – they grabbed him for depth. You know, I don't know if maybe there's something they know like, Oh, Hey, you know, we don't have a lot of faith in our backup or Bobrovsky. Maybe not. Maybe they're hoping that if everything goes to shit, that Kincaid can step in in the playoffs. But sure, I, sure. I have no well, idea. Well, I think it's maybe it's more, well, Bobrovsky's not going to sign. Maybe we can bring him in and we yeah, can he can play Kincaid backup. Or, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, or it's just, Hey, we don't really like our backup and at least he's proven that he can play. I mean, he's not good, but he can. You know, he's he's a formidable backup, and that's that's exactly what he is. Okay, let's go. One of the bigger moves of the day: the Winnipeg Jets get Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers for Brendan Lemieux. Claude's uh, is that Claude Lemieux's son? That's what he is, right? Yeah, I think so. Right? Uh, nephew. Nephew. Yeah. There you go. Related to the guy. Uh, twenty nineteen first round pick and a conditional fourth in twenty twenty two. Your thoughts on? Let's go. Let's go this way. Everybody, everybody is first focusing on Kevin Hayes, but Brendan Lemieux to the Rangers. I really like this pickup for them. Uh, after getting rid of Dzingle, after getting rid of here now, you know Zuccarello, Kevin Hayes. I mean, this Rangers team is depleted. I do like that they got a player back who I think people thought that he was going to be better. 
and he never to me he never really got a pure shot in Winnipeg because of the players ahead of him and I think in New York this rest of the season maybe he's a guy who you know we look back and we go wow they, like they stole a player from the from the Jets because you know they weren't willing to play I'm pretty sure he's a first round pick somewhere in the he was I think 20s 20s 26th yeah I think yeah yeah, I agree. I, I think he's just he's one of those guys that, you know, um, he's got the talent, but he's just been hindered by the guys in front of him. Like you said, I completely agree. Um, now, this was a, a trade that I I think Winnipeg needed more than a Mark Stone, for example, hmm. just because I think because of the center, center position. position. Yeah, I you don't like we've said it. Brian Little on yeah. that second line just doesn't I mean, feel right. Well, not, not him at center, that second line doesn't feel right. Um, I like Brian Little. You can put him on the wing if you want now, or you can move him down the third line center. But now you have options. You, you're not stuck with Brian Little at center on that second line because, no. let's face it, I mean, Adam Lowry or anybody else you know, below them really can't play those second line minutes. So now you have a guy that you know you have an option to keep on that second line, or you can move him down third line if it doesn't yeah, really work my, out. My guess is that Little goes and he plays third line center, and and then you're able to, to slot guys properly. Uh, with them getting rid of Lemieux, it opens up a little bit of spot on the fourth line, which you know they we know that uh, one of the last moves of trade deadline day is they acquire Par Lindholm from the Leafs, who can't score for the life of them, but... <laughs> The Jets need a center for that fourth line. So there There you go. Okay, well, let's go. Montreal Canadiens get Jordan Wheel for Michael Chaput. Uh, Just kind of one of those, hey, you need a change. We need a change. Here you go. Uh, Not too much to to focus on there. I do want to talk about this deal because uh, just because, you know, the Panthers acquire Cliff Pooh. That's I just love. His never name. heard of the guy before, but I, I appreciate <laughs> what his name is. I, you right. know, I, I like it uh, from from my five year old standpoint. It's great. Uh, so I guess I guess there's your considerations of the of the future. Is the Carolina Hurricanes acquire Thomas Yurko from the Panthers for future considerations, and then the Panthers acquire him from the Cliff Poo from the Hurricanes for future considerations. So I guess that was the deal, <laughs> right? Like. I, I guess they were like, yeah, here, take this guy, figure out who you want from our from this list, get back to us. And they got back to them a couple hours later. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, this was an interesting one, uh, one that was kind of, I don't, I don't know, glossed over, but may make a difference when all is said and done as the, the Flames acquire Oscar Fentenberg from the Kings for a conditional fourth round pick. Uh, for a, a team that has a pretty good defense, but doesn't really have beyond those beyond their five guys that sixth sixth defenseman has kind of found his way in and out of the lineup and they didn't have a whole lot beyond their six guys so providing some depth we know it can come in handy come playoff time because a defenseman will go down at some point oh absolutely you know yeah uh okay well let's we already talked to adam McQuaid, so we'll, we'll jump through that uh let's marcus johansson goes from the Devils to the Bruins for a second round and a fourth round pick. Your thoughts on Marcus Johansson and the Bruins? Well, it cost the Devils a second and third to get him from Washington. So they pretty much recoup. I mean, a pretty good chunk of what they they gave up to get him. Yeah, I mean, he barely played for them. Yeah, (laughs) injured so much. And then, I mean, he's still useful, though. I think Boston, honestly, this was was like plan C minus, honestly. They were shooting for Mark Stone. They were shooting for... 
Kevin Hayes, they couldn't get these guys, and so they're like, crap, we, we need somebody to play in our top nine. So, oh, oh, hey, Jersey, you're calling? What? Who do you have? Oh, well, well, okay, Johansson, you've, you've shown some talent in the past. As long as you can stay healthy, I mean, you sure. could probably fill out that top nine pretty good. Now, whether he plays in the, the second or third line role, yet to be seen, but hey, I, I don't mind the move. I, I think maybe I would have made that second conditional to be like, hey, if you make it to the, you know, third round then yeah we'll give you a second if not it's a third but that's just me okay uh you know matt hendricks from the wild to the jets that's another one that might that might fly under the radar but matt hendricks was on winnipeg a year ago and he's a guy who seems like everyone likes him everyone that plays with him likes him he comes in and maybe can provide a little bit of that playoff leadership that I don't know. I don't know if it's missing from Winnipeg, but it just seems like something's off with Winnipeg. I mean, they've got a ton of talent, and occasionally in games they just kind of get pushed around, and they, you know, they just don't seem to have the same level of it's it's that stupid intangible where you're like they don't have a lot of heart or something, right? You know, I'd not and Blake Wheeler's a heart guy, and you know, you, but. The way Line A's kind of played, you're, you kind of have some question marks about him. and uh, I It feels like something did need to happen with this team. I mean, you look at Hendricks and you bring in uh, you bring in Kevin Hayes. Both those guys, I think, are going to drive that uh, that heart up a little bit. Yeah, and they, there's, there's no shortage of veteran leadership that you want on your team come playoff time anyway. So a guy like this, again, veteran leadership is key. I think, again, there's a lot of younger guys on this team that maybe, you know, are just relatively new besides Winnipeg's, you know, last couple of years. They really just haven't had a lot of experience, and Hendricks is, you know, he's been around. So it'll be good. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, Colorado Avalanche get Derek Broussard for a sixth-round pick and a third-round pick. And uh, just, just for some context, Derek Broussard just one year ago was traded – for a first round pick, a third round pick, Ian Cole and Philip Gustafson, uh, and don't forget that yes, he the Penguins also acquired Vince Dunn in a third round pick in, in that deal. But I mean, we're talking it's it's one year later, and he barely gets a third round pick. Yeah, mind you, too. If if he resigns in Colorado, Florida gets their sixth rounder back. So they can take it back, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a long fall for the guy. Although you know, one of the things we talked about was he wouldn't want to be in a place where he's not the second line center. I think he found a place where he will be the second line center. Yeah, and they definitely needed somebody outside those big three names to to drive a little bit of offense. I mean, yeah, they they have some guys that are you know decent. Tyson Yost, uh, Carl Soderberg's been okay, but these aren't guys that are meant to drive a second line, right? They're not guys that are ready for that kind of responsibility, both defensively and offensively. And so I think when you get a guy like Broussard now in your second line, it gives you options, right? You can you can keep the big three together and not have to worry about that second line finding offense, or you can split some guys up and help generate some more offense on two lines now. Yeah, the nice thing is that the Panthers actually play the Avalanche tonight. There you go. So they're already in Colorado, <laughs> so Broussard will just wear a different jersey. Just like Duchesne. Yep. And so to me, you know, when I look at Colorado, I I think that they're a team that is getting a little unlucky. Uh, they are, out of all the teams... The two wildcard teams in the West and everyone else outside the playoff picture, they are the only team with a positive goal differential. 
every other team, Dallas is a minus five. Every other team is double digits minus. And there's, so, I mean, they're 15 goals differential more than the next team and 23 for the next. I mean, it's just, it, they are, they are a better team than I think what they've shown. And it's really, it's, it's maybe been their, their defensive side. And that's because they haven't had the forwards have been playing too high up in their lineup. Broussard comes in and I think he shuffles guys down to their proper spots. And so I, I really do think that Broussard's presence will have will play a, a role in Colorado making the playoffs. I think that this is the exact move they needed to make. It was a very patient and well thought out move. I mean, he they didn't have to pay anything for him and he could help them make the playoffs, which would be a good step forward for this team. You know, I think that they'll they'll finally jump Minnesota here soon. If if not tonight, okay. Do they beat the Florida Panthers? Uh, next trade on the docket is the Penguins acquire. Uh, we're going to skip that. Yes, the Penguins acquiring Eric Goodbranson from the Vancouver Canucks for Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson goes to his third team of the year, and so that Haglin Pearson trade. None of those. Neither of them are on the teams that they <laughs> they got traded to, and. Eric Goodbranson will join Jack Johnson for the greatest defensive pairing of all time. Oh, boy. That's going to be rough. Um, Goodbranson is a... I suppose you'll have to call him a project because, well, maybe three years ago, he was considered a a decent defenseman. Uh, He really has proven to be a turnover machine in Vancouver and maybe just too slow and too... Too much of the, you know, if if we were in nineteen ninety or uh, nineteen ninety nine, he'd be a great defense partner for Darian Hatcher. <laughs> but now he's just too slow, and and just can't move the puck. Doesn't have those those skills. And so, does he really move the needle at all for Pittsburgh? Uh, barely. I mean, if you maybe look at their bottom pairing, you could say, okay, great, this maybe improves it a little bit, but it's. Atlanta went out and got Chris Weidman too. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not getting any better on defense for him. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, I mean, there's there are two different strategies: quality and quantity. And the Penguins went for the quality, the quantity, not the quality. <laughs> right. There's very little quality on that blue line, and Jim Rutherford seems to have gone from a genius to a moron in a matter of two years. So Ooh. it's funny how just a few moves will make you. Uh, Make yeah. you look like he looks like 2009 Jim Rutherford, you know what signing signing Cam Ward to a a 78 year deal so that he could join the likes of Rick DiPietro and uh, yeah it's just rough. He, he seems to get his team into a position and then I don't know I don't know he he it's it's fine to go like to me I think what he's trying to do with Jack Johnson is what they did with Ron Hainsey. You know, they brought in Ron Hainsey, and they I I would say they turned around his career. And then they go and bring in Jack Johnson. It just hasn't been the same the same level of production. The difference is they signed Jack Johnson to a long deal for a lot of money, whereas Ron Hainsey was that project kind of deal. You know, I think he was paid three million dollars and they, they acquired him for cheap. But anyways, let's go to one of the bigger moves of the day, and that is the Nashville Predators trading Kevin Fiala and acquiring Michael Granlund from the Huge. Minnesota Wild. Just yeah, an even one for one. Gotta love an old, a good old-fashioned hockey trade. So for the Minnesota Wild, getting Kevin Fiala, 
I mean, we all, you know, Paul Fenton is is on his his road to recreating the 2016 Nashville Predators, and <laughs> if if you don't know, he's the he was the former assistant GM in Nashville, uh, bringing over a few guys from from Nashville now. Does Kevin Fiala turn the corner? Does he get back to that guy that we thought could be a 50, 60 point guy scoring 30 goals? Or was that just an aberration and he's going to go to Minnesota and it's it's going to be just more of the same? Oh, boy. That's really tough to tell. Because, <clears throat> I mean, it depends what kind of pieces they end up putting around around him, right? Because they, Granlin, I mean, man, there's your, there's your top, your top dog, your top center, right? So he's gone. Now you bring in uh, a guy who's played his career on the wing, and you don't have really anybody outside of Eric Stahl to center him and an injured Koivu. So, you know, maybe if they, they find a decent center to put with him, put some younger pieces in there, maybe. But I, I honestly don't see him ever being more than a 40-point player at this point. Yeah, the Wild really looked at their team and went, yeah, we're in a playoff spot right now, but we don't think it's going to last. So and they just went and they sold a lot of pieces. when they You know, they got rid of Charlie Coyle, of course, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, for Nashville, I love the move because now they, I think sometimes, you know, when you're talking quality over quantity, uh, Kyle Turris and Ryan Johansson are not the quality one-two center in the league. They're fine. They are they are one and one and number one and number two centers, but they're towards the bottom. We've talked about this. But Nick Benino is your third line center. Not very good. Like the depth quickly falls apart, and so bringing in Granlin, he's he's signed for another year after this one. That really gives them the option. They can now Turris could play the third line if they need him to. You know, Granlin can move up and down this lineup, and he can also play the wing if they want to move him. You know, if they're playing him on the power play, they can play him on the wing. And so I think that it really does give this team some options and sets them up for that nice date with the with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, where it's looking like it's all going. It really does. And the best part about this for Nashville, too, is they get a guy who doesn't have, you know, granted, they got some term on Granlin, but it's only one year because it's key with what's-his-face, Roman Yossi, uh, you know, becoming a UFA at that point. So now they're going to have to shell out dollars for him. They want to keep him, and at least his $5 million for Granlin comes off the books at that point, and they have options now. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to the deal of the day. Well, the of deal the everyone was waiting for, and it happened at 2.45 p.m., and that was the Vegas Golden Knights winning the lottery. Uh, they acquire Mark Stone from the Ottawa Senators and Tobias Lindbergh for the the main piece of the deal, Eric Brandstrom, defenseman, taken in the first round by, by the Vegas Knights, and he is, uh, as I'll, I'll say this, that, um, oh, crap, what's his name? Shoot, guy on TSN, their heads, their head scout, guy on TSN, Craig Button. Craig Button, yes. Uh, he says he's top ten players playing outside the NHL, and top wow in the top ten of prospects that are, have already been drafted. So, you know, I personally, the only I've seen Brandstrom a little bit in the in the World Juniors. Um, I haven't watched him in the AHL because you know I don't watch AHL hockey <laughs> very often, uh, but. From what scouts are saying about Brandstrom, it's that he is an A A plus prospect. Wow, and that he could be a guy who comes in and he's 
a moving puck moving defenseman, offensive defenseman, and you know, of course, everyone makes comparisons offensive defenseman to Eric Carlson, and that name's been dropped. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, a nice a nice addition. And, and then, of course, they also get a second round pick in twenty twenty and Oscar Lindbergh. So, uh, really, two two Lindberghs, Lindbergh for Lindbergh, <laughs> and then you've got Stone for Brandstrom and a second round pick. So. What was what is your thoughts on what Ottawa was able to acquire for Mark Stone? Whew. Because what what I what I saw was other GM uh, some other GM said we couldn't have come close to offering what Ottawa offered or what Vegas offered for for Mark Stone. Yeah, because he, of the talent. I mean, it, Brandstrom. I guess if you were, uh, it's it's hard for some teams to consider what he's worth because a lot of teams don't have a Brandstrom just sitting in their system. Like a player like that for a lot of teams just comes up and plays right away. To me, Eric Brandstrom, it'd be like the Vancouver Canucks giving up Elias Pettersson last year. Like that's how good this guy wow. is in, in a lot of scouts' minds. Is that, hey, he's the guy who next year you bring him up and he's going to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. I... I kind of think you're you're pretty close to, to to nailing it on the head there. He is a guy who could be that type of player. Now, I, a lot of people outside of the hockey world are going to have well, I guess that don't have a lot of knowledge of you know prospects and stuff like that. They're going to throw a fit because on paper this looks like right Vegas got a steal of a of a deal here. Right, because there's not a first round pick in there. Exactly, and there's no big name player. But when you look at the prospect that that Ottawa gets back in it, you can say, okay, for a guy that probably was going to walk, in my opinion, and, well, you seem to have disagreed. They offered him eight years, ten and a half million. Yeah. And he said no. Well, apparently they're working on a deal for eight and nine and a half right now in Vegas. Done deal. It is. Okay, it's good. Done deal. Yeah. And in a no-tax state, that's like $12 million a year, right. which means Panera now is going to get paid through the roof. Anyways, um, or we'll see, but. Yeah, now you have Shabbat and Brandstrom, two cornerstone defenseman guys that you can lead your team for the next 10 to maybe even 15 years. Yeah. That is huge. That is freaking huge. I, I think the, the issue is for Sens fans, they go, well, this guy didn't want to stay. He And, and reportedly, the, supposedly the reason that he is leaving isn't be. I mean, he could have gotten a deal worth more money. The reason he's leaving is because he didn't think that the owner would pay for the other guys. And so he doesn't want to be a part of an organization where, okay, yeah, they pay him to stay, but maybe they're not going to pay Shabbat to stay. Maybe they're not going to pay these other guys to stay. And so I I think that this is deeper. This is, man, the league needs to figure out how to, like th- this team is the Miami Marlins, like the Florida Marlins. Remember when the, the Florida Marlins, it was like every year. Yeah. It was... It was uh, who was the who was the guy in the Tigers? Why can't I think of his name? I, Their home run hitter, Cabrera. Cabrera. Oh, okay, that they got <laughs> like, from for what seemed like nothing, right? From the Marlins and and the Marlins kept chugging. They they'd have these great players who came up there, twenty three years old, ready to take off, and they traded them because they didn't want to pay them all this money, right? And that's the Senators have become the professional league minor league team like this is the farm system for the rest of the league you, you know every league has them every league has those teams where you look at them and you go they're never going to win 
They might occasionally be good, but as soon as they're good, their players are going to piece because they're not going to pay the money. So right. they they are the rest of the league's farm team. Well, I mean, maybe this is where you have to reevaluate like what we keep the salary cap floor at, right? Because next year, I think Ottawa's got $44 million committed to 16 players, I believe it is. And the salary cap, I think, even if it goes up a little bit, it's going to be around $58, $60 million or something like that for the floor. So now they have to go out and spend, right? You have to go out and spend some money on players. I mean, granted, you're not going to go out there and get, you know, a Panarin or, you know, try to re-sign, you know, a Matt Duchesne or something like that. But, you know, they're, they'll probably go add a few guys for five, you know, million dollars a piece or something like that that can play on a second line and then they'll be okay. Overpay but pay for some guys. Yeah, you know, a couple of years. but 35 million in cap space. It's huge. next year. And so I, I understand where Stone's coming from because you look at the cap space they do have and you're like, man, why... Why don't they, you know, I, I would be worried that they're not going to go out and try to acquire, you know, a Panarin to try to make this team a contender at some point. Plus the fact that, you know, you've got Bobby Ryan, who is your highest paid player, yeah. which they obviously he's he, he is a third line player at best and untradeable uh, and on. Yeah. And untradeable uh, should just buy out his contract would probably be the better thing to do, especially for a team that has no money. Uh after that, your highest paid player is Cody Cece at $4.3 million. Oh, sorry, Craig Anderson, 4.7. Okay. Nobody's paid more than $5 million after him. And it's, yeah, you got to look at this and go, I mean, you're a penny pinching team. And so, you know, we're, we aren't going to win here. You know, like I said, every now and then a team like that is able to really everything comes together for one season and they're able to do it like they made their run and they were one goal away from going to the Stanley Cup finals but it all fell apart the next year because they just can't sustain it yep so okay well let's uh let's stop move on senators fans to <laughs> death because it's just I, I feel for you yep uh, but Mark Stone we didn't really even talk about what he does for the Vegas Golden Knights I mean it, he really just I think he changes that entire organization top to bottom they bring in their best he is their best player now they just they just i mean every single player in that lineup shuffles down one notch yeah, you can because put of where mark o'reilly down. smith who was one of your best players last year now on your third line if you want to exactly well yeah riley smith shouldn't play with carlson and marcia so marcia is having a down year sure man can maybe mark stone walk in there and change and now carlson comes change. in and my goodness has yes. a great winger now Whew. honestly you know what i think happens long term please eric carlson's gonna go and sign with the vegas golden knights you think so i think he's gonna i think he's gonna reunite himself with mark stone and they are <laughs> going to be a team to deal with for the next five, six years. Okay. Okay. Just a future future prediction. Find a backup uh, first. Uh, we, we already kind of talked Parlin home to the Jets from the Leafs for Nick Patan. Uh, kind of just one of those depth moves. Michael Delzato from the Ducks to the Blues. I do like the fact that the Blues did do something to try and get faster. Uh, Delzato can at least skate. He can move the puck a little bit. Not a he's he's not a great defenseman, but he can you know play on your second power play unit and kind of you know. No, I, I think he can move the needle a little bit for them. Yeah, if put into the right scenario, they've right got situations. guys who can play defense back there. Peter Angelo, Perenko, Vince Dunn. Those guys know how to play defense, and they're still good puck movers too. So now you get another good puck mover who maybe now you know can replace a guy like you know. 
Jay Bowmeister, for example, right? A guy who's maybe, you know, on, on his way down, his way out. Now you can put him on the, the third pairing and you don't have to give him top line minutes or top four minutes anymore. And you don't have to worry about that because Delzato can go in there and he could probably play as your number four, number five defenseman and be serviceable, right? And give you some depth anyways at that position. So you can shuffle things around to fit, you know, whatever team it is maybe you're playing, right? So say you're playing a team that is predicated on speed, not size, right? You can play Dells out a little bit more. You play a team with more size. Now you can maybe put him a little further down in the lineup. Perfect. Hard to believe that Delzato is only 28 years old. I feel like he's traded every single year. <laughs> he really he's either is. either traded or signed somewhere new every <laughs> year. Uh, last big trade of the day. Last one coming in. The National Predators, finally, they, you know, they, they go and they get Michael Granlund for Kevin Fiala, and then they essentially replace Fiala with Wayne Simmons for... Ryan Hartman and a 2024th round pick. So, well, I guess they replaced Ryan Hartman with Wayne Simmons. Uh, but uh, I think this this move, what, what does this really do for the Predators in terms of, I don't know, changing the makeup of this team a little bit? Gives them a legit third line, right? They, they've been running on okay. Nick Benino and Brian Boyle, guys who are serviceable in third line, you know, minutes and roles, but they're not like, a scary threat, right? Like we talked about, you know, Pittsburgh in there during their cup runs, they had Phil Kessel running on the third line, which was a legit threat, right? He could go out and score any, any night he wanted to. Now you have guys, cause you can move Kyle Turris down now with the addition there down to your third line. If you feel like it with Granlin slot him in that second line role, um, you know, you put a guy like Wayne Simmons alongside of him, a guy who can not only kill penalties, but plays the physical type of game. And can, plays the power play. Yes, he, he plays the front of the net. Front of the net. And so this well. Is, this is the worst power play in the NHL. It's hard there to believe. Go. Yeah. Worst power play in the NHL. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's a it's a move that I think could could let them really, uh, you know, they just acquire Granlund. You could just assume take Granlund and put him on a line with Simmons and then, you know, on, the, on their wing, you take a guy like a yarn croak or, you know, even maybe Brian Boyle, throw him on that third line that and just be... create a line of guys that you just <laughs> traded for. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of options that they have. Uh, but it seems to me like this team is, they had their really great run to the Stanley Cup finals three, two years ago, right? Yeah, two, two years ago. And they, they got by on the fact that they have a great defense. Other teams have gotten so much better at the forward position. And because the game has gotten so much faster, I, I feel as though the way that they're built just isn't good enough anymore. It, it just, they're, still, they're always going to be in the mix because they're, they do have the depth throughout their lineup. They have the quantity. I just don't know if they have the quality to get them past a team like Winnipeg. Do they have the quality to get them past a team like St. Louis? Sure. Absolutely. But once you run up against a Winnipeg, once you run up against Vegas or San Jose or even Calgary, who I think has a you know a, a better forward group at the top end where they can outplay these guys, I think you're going to run into problems. Sure. Yeah. And it, I mean, let's, let's face it. It never hurts to get a quality leader like Wayne Simmons in the locker room either. Cause he's one of those guys where he's, he's so beloved in Philadelphia, the locker room, everybody loves him and he'll be a good voice for that team, you know, on top of, you know, the power play and the, the top nine minutes he can provide offensively. Yeah. So, yeah, agreed. Well, any, any last thoughts on 2019's trade deadline day? Gotta say, I'm disappointed in two teams. Okay. The Islanders right. and Flames. 
Uh, that they made really no big splashes. Because I think, granted, you're not at the point where you want to go all in, but I think the Islanders are more so at a point where they they have a lot of pending unrestricted free agents where this team could dismantle pretty quickly. Um, I don't think it'll be disastrous for them, but they they could be one of those teams that next year maybe is sitting on the bubble because they lose a lot of key pieces, guys who have gotten better, especially like, you know, we talk about their their captain. Yeah. Yeah, guys who could who could bolt for other franchises. So why not make a big move now? Why you have those key pieces? You know, bring in like a Wayne Simmons or you know make a push for a guy like Stone. You could have gave up a Wallstrom or something. Maybe I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Well, I think they were in on Stone. I think they tried. I, yeah, but probably. I just don't think anybody had a Brandstrom. Nobody yeah, was willing tough. to give up their best prospect in their organization for that. So yeah, but I mean, still disappointed that they didn't make any moves at all, any big moves to. Yeah, at Calgary, I kind of was thinking that they might try and get a goaltender. And Mike Smith has come back, and he's been a little better these last few games. And so I think that that made them feel comfortable with where they were at. And you you also have to think, this team is kind of in this position where, you know, you've got to look at yourself and go, okay, are we a winner this year? Like, can we – first off, can we get out of our own division? You know, you've got to think that they could – but also, it's going to be tough. I mean, they they are either going to have to play Vegas, San Jose, or both. Yeah, I think Vegas right now is the team that would scare me more than San Jose. I mean, if San Jose come playoff time once, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that if Martin Jones can get it together. Yes, yes. you know, uh, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's a toss up with either three of these teams could be dangerous. But um, to me, I think I'm a, I would be a little bit more worried if I'm Calgary, though, just because you have the in, you don't have the experience come playoff time that maybe some of these other teams have had over Especially the last couple years. Especially since Kincaid went for a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Could you be kicking yourself that you weren't willing to give up a fourth? You could, you could have probably got Brian Elliott for a fourth-rounder, a guy who, I yeah. mean, granted, he left Calgary in, on bad terms, but... Yeah, yeah, he, yeah but San Jose could have, yeah. Yeah, so... All right, well, that is our show. Let us know what you thought. If you were uh, disappointed in what your team did at the deadline, let us know at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, we will now. Now we can we can put trades aside. Trades <laughs> we're, aside. We're not going to talk about trades for at least three days. Okay, three because days. you know we've. <laughs> it's still still fun to talk about, uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna hone in here on how we think the rest of the season is gonna go. Uh, I think that we're we're kind of at that that three quarter mark where we can start to make some real assessments, and you know we'll we'll take a look at how these teams now look with their new pieces, and uh, you know we'll talk about what it, you know it's going to be a little bit weird seeing Wayne Simmons in a different jersey and Mark Stone in a Vegas jersey. I think it's that he's actually the one I can picture. I can picture him being in a Vegas jersey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but uh, it'll it'll be fun. Um, we will talk to you very soon. We'll be back later in the news.